Thank you for listening to this talk, produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. Hello and welcome to the weekly lunchtime talk at the Art Gallery of South Australia. My name is Lee Robb and I'm joined by the brilliant artist Michaela Dwyer, who has created a prescient and quite prophetic installation for Monster Theatres, the 2020 Adelaide Biennial of Australian Art. As we're recording this talk across Adelaide and Melbourne, we'd like to pay our respects to the peoples of the Kulin Nations and of Ghana country and to pay our greatest respects to elders past, present and those emerging and to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Michaela Dwyer has created an installation which responds to the neoclassical architecture of the Art Gallery of South Australia. There are two flags flying on the top of the gallery and in between the columns are giant banners in a toxic, hazardous yellow and black with biohazard circles. Michaela, you've transformed the vestibule into a zone of quarantine, a space which is a theatre, could be interpreted as a medical theatre or an operating theatre. There are giant theatrical lamps, costumes and masks hanging on either side of the space. Can you tell us some of the starting points for this incredible installation? A lot of this is based on the emblem at the front. The, there's a weird gumnut wreath on the front in the portico of the building that has this kind of splayed out magpie-looking bird and uh, surrounded by a wreath of gumnuts. So I... That was a big starting point in terms of a kind of a way to imagine um theatrical interpretation of that and using the, that vestibule as a kind of a stage. The sick beds that you have flanking either side of the, the gallery over which hangs these these bulbous Yeah, the gumnut Yeah, the gumnuts they like to me they're, you know, examination lamps or surgery mm. lamps. Yeah, I think also just the freedom to think about that space as a theatre allowed me to create these sort of fantastical lamps that are, you know, it's a bit like expressionist theatre or something, you know, by imagining a theatre that's both, say, riffing off, you know, operating theatre or all these different aspects of um, a theatrical space. It gives a way to imagine um, illnesses or wellness something else that you can kind of relate, you know, symbolically anyway, it can be related to many things, I think. You don't know which is which. You don't know which is the wellness or which is the illness. Pretty ambivalent. Like, I guess the the wellness industry is really an illness industry in many ways. It's such a sort of capitalist symptom. It's usually just something for the wealthy too. The wellness industry isn't really available to people on low incomes. So those those magpie costumes on the side, to me, they're the, they're the nurses, you know, like, but they're also empty and flaccid and they, so they're sort of a, a... They're also like a space where you can project care or malice or other or yourself as sort of an extra imagining of yourself extended into becoming magpie somehow, like... If you can project yourself into sort of other species or other objects by not anthropomorphizing them, but by, like, again, breaching a surf, a boundary by, it's a bit like um, a possession, or a, but in a good way, like a, a sort of um, 
morphing into someone else's shoes, if you like. You, you can sort of, there's a, try and build anyway, some kind of empathy, whether it be animate or inanimate. Michaela, you've rather ominously titled the work Bay of Sick and divided the vestibule in two halves into yellow and black. Why did you decide to split the space in this way? A bay of sick or a sick bay is something that sort of also suggests healing. So I wanted that split using the two doors to kind of um, create this division between wellness and sickness, but also an ambivalence about that. Michaela, you've used a very specific palette using yellow. There are yellow flags and yellow banners. Yellow is often associated with contagion or used as a warning. Thinking about this, these yellow flags that um, would warn people on shore that there was a, a ship coming in full of festering diseases. Something I've been thinking about, and I think all along in my practice, I've always thought about these borders that get breached, mainly, you know, sort of bodily borders and boundaries, but also that the way that can echo out into sort of all sorts of boundaries and borders of both objects and people, groups, societies, you know, inclusions, exclusions, and then, but also that sort of breaching process and also, well, contamination. Contamination is an interesting thing, I think, because it's also something that networks us. It's something that one, you know, if we, we take something into ourselves, then it's, it's also shared and passed on. It could be sort of also seen as some kind of transfer of knowledge like the virus could be seen as some way of knowing or learning that, that is, actually comes into us. It's unusual in that way. It's not something that's sort of uh, external to it. It's something that we all can, it can traverse these boundaries. The virus is part of us now. We have to learn to kind of live with it somehow. For you making a work called Bay of Sick, which is quite prophetic and now seems like an omen, I mean, how do you how do you feel about a work like this? So often these forms and these spaces I try to create are very open frames. They're really intended to sort of be a space for like a theatre stage where you you know the the action happens and the, so it doesn't surprise me that it's becoming performed by you know anything that's happening now because it it was always intended to allow things like that to happen. You know, it's an open. It's an open form theatre, if you like. We've reopened the gallery after being closed for 10 weeks and your work is in the vestibule, the entrance, the waiting room. And it's been interesting watching how our visitors have come back into that space and are performing this new type of strange choreography with the required social distancing. It sounds like there's a, there's a change of scene and a new act every day, you know, and it's interesting now there are new props like sanitizer and things like that that are, are entering the, the time and the space. Yeah, the visitors have become like performers and there's a totally different script to follow now. Well, the script is what is interesting now. Is it's a really shared script, you know, that there's these very particular ways we have to behave in public spaces now. The scripts are getting tighter even and 1.5 distancing, you know. So the theatre, they're like theatre marks as well, you know, in stage and they have to perform... In, in a certain way in the space or in a film or something. You have certain marks on the floor, I guess. 
I think it's in that, ironically, in the distancing, we we come much more aware of each other in our, you know, in our sort of, our isolation makes us long for what, what is lost, I guess, that sort of intimacy and that. I recently saw my daughter, we had to meet halfway between Melbourne and Sydney and um, we couldn't hug her. We hadn't seen her for months and we couldn't hug her because she just had a test and we had to wait till she'd we got the results, which was another 24 hours. It was the hardest thing not to hug her after months of worry and not seeing each other because we'd been in Japan when all this broke out. So being a, like for everyone, it's really, it's hard to be away from loved ones. So strange, you become much more keenly aware of people's proximities when you can't have that proximity. And I guess where that gets played out in this, in your show too, in this idea of monster theatres and the theatre space of that, vestibule is that anything occurring in that becomes amplified by the type of theatre it is this very colonial architecture so that that is very much considered I think in its also in its infection of whatever's going on with the with if you like the actors and the performance and the props they're all very much part of each other and maybe because of each other in a sense you know vestibules are used in architecturally in in buildings in churches as uh, as as a space before something like you said it's a a, a passageway those vestibules used to be disrobing areas before you went and had a bath <laughs> you know you take you have a wash in there you cleanse yourself before you enter into the next space. But I think it's also that colonial memory of the building too is very much part and parcel of the thinking behind it too, is that many viruses have come through this land. This is another one. You know, how do, how do you feel about the, the work now in, in this context? Or was there, was there that sort of strange moment um, of, um, you, you know, of realising that you'd, you'd created a work that, preempted, I guess, what will be one of the greatest historical events and crises of the 21st century. Bifurcating and the division of the space is, it's a sort of an extension of a symptom that's in the society anyway, I guess, is like it's being seen that this virus is not democratic in any way, that, you know, the healthcare is for some and not for others. Artists can create these spaces that are both incredibly contemplative but very powerful, you know, ahead of their time, but then give us a way to, to talk through or think through. Your work really becomes a, a space of, of solace but also sanctuary as people can come back into the gallery. As you were saying, people are, there's a heightened awareness of, of each other. There's just a different, a different level of engagement or um, level of contemplation, a sort of quiet contemplation, which was even more pronounced than before. Your entrance, it became a real joyful space as people were able to come back in again. It, it was sort of like the start of a, a new act, I hope, um, and a, a new scene that was, you know, as well as being you know, complex and having, and having, like you said, a different script or a different set of cues. There was, there was a lot of hope and healing in, in the process of, of, of coming back. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm always curious about our compulsion or our need or our ability to, to hope. You know, mm-hmm. it's always that thing at the bottom of Pandora's box. At the end of everything, there's always hope. Yeah, I'm still curious about that, whether there is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
you know, we yeah, we always want that fairy tale ending, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> we have to be a bit less lazy now and just finalise things with a with a, a good ending all the time. I think now is the now we have some work to do on Earth, <laughs> yeah. in this time on the planet with each other, not scooting off out into outer space or whatever, just to actually work with what we've got now here. I think the challenge that we've been set now is that we've seen how great we can actually get by. We can actually get by without a lot of stuff. Not to go back to normal too quickly. Be great. <laughs> Best of luck with the with the exhibition, and um, hopefully I'll get to come back down and have another look. Thank you so much, Michaela, and take care. Okay, thank you.